Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there. And, he also said, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. Welcome to Favorite Points of View. This show is a part of the Force Center podcast feed, and here on Force Center, we like to celebrate Star Wars, and with me to celebrate is Ken Napsok. I've got some cake, I've got some hat and a balloon, I'm celebrating Star Wars. I got cake, hat, and a balloon. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, maybe if a pony showed up, it could get even better. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, kind of episode on Force Center for the first time, what it is is we just really want to celebrate that having a different point of view, having a different favorite thing in Star Wars can be a point of uh, understanding one another and a point of celebrating all the different ways that there are to love Star Wars. Often it is a celebration of the fact that we all start our journeys with Star Wars at different times and that 
often informs what is our favorite and why. And we just like to do these episodes once in a while to hear other people's points of view, to share them and to celebrate. This particular episode, we asked some patrons on our Patreon what their favorite ship or vehicle is in Star Wars and kind of why it means something to them. So we got a bunch of great responses. We're going to do two episodes. This is our first episode of favorite points of view on ships and vehicles. Ken, how do you wrestle with this question? I know whenever you ask someone their favorite, you know, it's always hard. He's like, I don't I don't want to pick. Do you have a favorite vehicle or is it a here's my favorite 72 vehicles? Yeah, it could easily be 72. I, 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 I mean, I really honestly, you try to it'd be harder to find the design that I don't like you know there's some gravitate <laughs> to but even like something as simple as like the rebel transport ship you know a flying uh, slug so to speak as a kid is what kind of thought about or it's a, a flying medicine pill or something you know <laughs> um, even that i like it's it a jagged big pill on like a yeah. jagged little pill hey, 90s rock love you man um yeah no uh but when it popped up and remember in the first uh battlefront re-release in 2015 you have a couple of missions fighting underneath one you know tattooing or something like that I just I was like, oh God, I love this ship. It's like I never said that word, that, those words in my life, <laughs> um, but it's there. But I do have, and, and every a lot of folks know. Even go back to the Jedi lines days. Uh, the, I love the Y wing, and people have been they've sent me shirts and Y wings. I collect the Y wing stuff. It's, it, it's because that's the toy I had, and my mom and dad couldn't afford a bunch of Star Wars toys, and they, I got that one, and the Force and Fate aligned and i just love that ship because it takes me back to those days and i think that's part of what we always talk about at the core of our love of star wars it can go down to the playground and go down to our earliest memories when we exposed to it so yeah i love speeder bikes i love all that kind of stuff i, I love infus nest uh, cloud rider thing i'm looking at that right now it's in my <laughs> studio and i i just i just love it i love the razor crest uh, you and i both love that ship and and are sad of, of what happened to the razor crest uh but the y-wing those kind of things uh yeah it, it, it's the heart it, it's connected to the heart yeah, it's connected to the heart. It's connected to that personal, uh, that first exposure, uh, early exposure to Star Wars and to your personal experience of having the toy. That's great. I think I'm very much the same way as it. It would be easier to find uh, one or two designs where like, eh, I'm not sure about that. And then I struggle with uh, a thing that you and I run into when we do your great Star Wars rank show of sometimes it's like, we got to just put something in the, the Hall of Fame, right? Because, you know, my favorite Star Wars ship is probably the Millennium Falcon or the X-Wing. But that's like saying, you know, uh, my favorite food is water. You know, it's just like it's vital. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just like a truth, a thing that exists. And I think uh, because my favorites rotate a lot, when I think of my favorite ship, it kind of jumps to mind uh, to something that's a little bit uh, more different or recent, depending on the point of view. So when I think of them right now, a couple of things that jump to mind for me is uh, the Republic gunship. Mm -hmm. Just one of the things that I always loved about the Clone Wars era, and I just yeah. love it more and more. I have found myself Googling uh, the various toys of it. It's like, someday when I have more space, <laughs> I need yeah. a Republic gunship. Is it the uh, low-altitude armored transport? Um, yeah, it's just there's so much about it that's cool. It's sound. It's use in the stories, the open doors with the Jedi clinging on, the little rotating uh, turrets for the blaster bubbles. Love it. And then uh, for recent... He doesn't get a lot of love, but I just love in Rogue One that tie striker. It's just it, on in some yeah. ways it's it's another tie, but it's just got that great bat look. The weird logic that it is, you know, those solar panels are are facing up because it's a mostly a terrestrial ship. And just looks cool. Just looks cool. And that is really that's the bounty of of ships and vehicles mm -hmm. in Star Wars. Is so many of them look cool, and you can rotate around your favorite. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and. 
Is it, you mentioned Ty Striker. There's an example of something uh, where I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it when it popped up and I see the movie and I go, oh, I like the movie. And it just got to playing Star Wars Squadrons and you get to fly around. And, and, that, and I was like, I just like it more. It Now it's part of this universe. It's this Star Wars universe I love crawling around in. And it's, it's like, again, I didn't campaign against it, but now my love for it has grown. And I love when ships and vehicles do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Low alt- altitude assault transport. There we go. There we go. I, I, I missed I missed that one of my first uh, Shmodown matches back in like 2015, 16, and I've never forgotten it after that. I, I had no idea. I was like, lat. <laughs> what is it? Like, yeah, I know, lat. <laughs> it's lat. It's just its name. That's the name of that ship. Lat, the Republic gunship. You know, <laughs> it's like Thomas the Tank Engine. Lat, the Republic gunship. Come on. It's clear. Low altitude assault transport. There we go. All right. We're going to move on to listeners and patrons favorites. Ken, I'm going to read the first one and then we shall take some turns here. We start with Michael Newman. Here's what Michael has to say. Favorite might be a tough one to pin down, but a vehicle that has always intrigued me is the Sandcrawler. More so than it being cool, it just astounded me by being a living town that moves around the planet. Considering all the weird droids they pull out of in front of the Lars homestead, who knows what other curious odds and ends they had hiding away in that thing. I'm so glad that it got some love in The Mandalorian. It had the opportunity to be such a great piece of not only action, but also some really strong comedy beats of all the Jawas poking out of their little hatches. Sure, it's not the fastest, not the sleekest, but like the best things in Star Wars, it has a story to tell. Great thoughts. A great favorite from Michael. Ken, what do you think about the Sandcrawler? How do you react to Michael's thoughts? Michael, I wish we were at a bar at Star Wars Celebration and you or I were, uh, you said that to me in person because we, you, you, the next half hour of your life will be locked in. I do love the Sandcrawler and I love it for a little what what he's describing. We did talk about this on the Mandalorian stuff and I love, you know, you, 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 the, I remember, I think you, I think you might have said it or tweeted at first uh, in my world of, of the, the patio furniture on the roof. <laughs> um, you know, and I've talked about it, though, like I was obsessed with like knowing what goes on inside an at at. And that's why, which is one of the, as a kid, one of the reasons I loved uh, seeing Luke uh, being dropped off to Vader in Return of the Jedi. Uh, and you and I did, you know, two hours scene by scene breakdown <laughs> of the theme. But as a kid, I was just like, wow, I get to see what's inside the at at because I used to daydream. And yes, there's cross section books and I love those. But as a kid, you didn't have that stuff as much. Sandcrawler was one of the ones I was obsessed with. And I love that the Mandalorian, we get to see the, like the, the control deck, the cockpit, if you will. And, and I love, even in, uh, was attack the clones when Anakin's going around and he's asking Joe's and they have those two or three that are like open and the back is dropped down. I was, I was, I remember like freeze framing on the VHS tape to be like, what's going on in there. I, I love it because of what Michael's talking about. I'm right there with you, Michael. It's just, it's just like a, it's a giant RV and I want to know what's going on inside there. And I might want in, I might want in. Right. It's not even just like an RV. It's like an entire uh, RV camp <laughs> in yeah. one larger RV. Not that they have the symbol, uh, the, the single vehicles in there, but yeah, I love what Michael's saying about a town, right? Yeah. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of, I'll say it's kind of creepy. If I'm going for a walk in the neighborhood and it's later, later in the evening or it's the dusk and, and you've got your lights on and your curtains open, I'm looking inside to see what your life is like. <laughs> what do you got? What do you put on the wall? I'm that person. You got to be careful with me. And I'm not, I'm not peeking in the windows, but I'm just like, I'll walk by and be like, Oh, couch there. I like what you did with that space. So I think I'm obsessed with that kind of stuff. And the sand crawler is part of that. It really does. There's something about it that it is very intriguing in this kind of just world building way in a new hope. 
Uh, but it's also got a little bit of that inside the belly of the beast of, you know, what's in there. Is is it a thing to be feared or is it, you know, 3PO is, you know, thinks it's he's saved. Right. And then he just ends yeah. up in the belly of the beast. And I think there's a lot about the way the story around it is constructed is to invites you to want to peek in and see where the Jawas put their couch. Turns out it's up top on the patio, at least for the, <laughs> the off world Jawas, uh, which is absolutely great. Yeah. And I love just thinking about it is that the like Michael said, it's like a town it's or, or like a, it's a droid dealership, right? Like it could have mm-hmm. one of those, uh, uh, big, uh, uh, blowy limb wind man <laughs> on top. Exactly. Uh, and then the last big thing for me is I just think it's one of those, uh, simple designs, right? We, we will gravitate understandably as fans to, you know, the, x-wing or uh tie fighter for those early designs but it, it is big and boxy and looks beat up and brown but just that energy that it is kind of lifting toward the sky with that kind of energy that's striving upward just a little bit is there's just something kind of interesting and inspiring it's about that design even though it's a real functional brutal thing mm, yeah and and and, and you can talk about this lived in and, and, and going back to new hope it's like i think i think that i think this it sounds like I'm just like, you know, going over the top, but this, this design is almost as important as the X-Wing because it made it all real. Oh yeah. Yeah. The way it looks so beat up, but it is still uh, functional and just slowly rolling around. It, it is just, it is, Hey, this is the way uh, this galaxy works. Everybody has to find a way to get by. And this is how these Jawas get by rolling around in their big uh, car dealerships and crawler <laughs> droid dealership. Great. Great thoughts from Michael, uh, and we're already super excited. Uh, Ken, do you want to take uh, the next one? Yeah, this is from Jorge Castro, and he writes, Favorite ship, Plo Koon's Delta 7 Aether Sprite Class Light Interceptor. He says in parentheses, had to look that up. And you know what? There's no shame in that, Jorge. Look it up. We do all the time. Why? He says, I love the overall design and aerodynamics of the ship. Looks like a mini Star Destroyer. Ah, oh, good pull. And I also love the distinctive striped paint job that the Jedi Master gave it. Uh, that is uh, wonderful, uh, Jorge. I love this choice, Joseph. I know Jedi uh, starfighters have a special place in your heart. Yes, they do. Uh, I really, really love this design. I like the idea that uh, the Jedi's personal ship evolved in Revenge of the Sith to beginning to have these sort of uh, reflections of TIE fighter ideas. But I loved, I believe it was in behind the scenes videos that came out uh, on the old internet before Attack of the Clones where they talk about how uh, part of the design of this ship is seeing the echo of that triangle shape and seeing uh, these ideas starting to emerge. Uh, But I was just, I loved this simplicity of this design where it is just the jedi barely room for a droid technically maybe even logistically not (laughs) actually Mm -hmm. uh room for a droid and uh you know i think also just from the story of it of really getting to see obi-wan of like this is how i go on missions the hyperspace ring uh it just one jedi against the galaxy love it and then uh to pick out uh as jorge does plo coon's I got it Googled, pulled up here. Uh, yeah, the it's the great, you know, darker blue with all these lines of white energy shooting forward. Great. Mm. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing that as well too. Oh yeah, gosh, that's right. It's that 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 is the most uh, distinctive paint job I think out there, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we we got a couple of different good paint jobs. Obviously, you know, Anakin and, and Obi Wan's are both uh, you know pretty distinctive, but that one's really really cool. Um, how do you feel about this ship overall, Ken? 
mean, well, I might be adding to cart this Lego ship. Uh, <laughs> I have not seen that one. Mm, look at that. Um, I love it. I love the uh, Jedi Starfighters. I've been um, uh, low-key kind of uh, obsessed with them, especially the Vector. I love the Vector in the High Republic and just what it's described as and what it, uh, you know, a lot of the Jedi is just, it's so key to the story, but it's, it's interesting. And I just like the idea, there's something about uh, these Jedi who, um, you know, especially when you meet Obi-Wan and you got Luke and that's kind of who you're exposed to and the rest are just rumors and legends as you're in your mind as a kid. They come back to the prequels and they're like, yeah, no, 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 we we got our own ships too. I just, and I love the the hyperspace rings, great concept for me. And I just kind of, and I love that they're tiny and that they're, you know, almost, they almost have to kind of, um, you know, there needs to be, in, in, in the High Republic, there seems to be actual expressed like organic connection to them. But it just, it just all made sense for the Jedi. Um, and that it wasn't necessarily, you know, the ARC 170s are kind of like the X-Wing, you know, forebears. So these are just, you know, they do the designs and you get yeah, a little bit of the TIE fighter design in, in Revenge of the Sith. But I like that there's, they're kind of their own thing. And the Jedi at some point were like, yep, we need ships. We gotta yep. Have our- yep. The, in yeah, the, the ships in, uh, in Revenge of the Sith are the ETA, uh, Actus class, ETA 2 Actus class. So, you know, different, different design, but the Delta 7 has... Uh, often been where my heart is. I do like that they are that the Jedi all have these same ship, but then you can see that personality, that diversity in the paint job is a a really cool yeah. thing. And uh, yeah, I I I, uh, I struggle to stop myself from relating everything back to toys. Uh, but sure. I I might get I might need Obi Wan's ship, uh, Obi Wan's uh, Delta Seven at some point. <laughs> I almost got it back in the day. I didn't collect a ton of the Attack of the Clones figures because. I didn't like, uh, I was not in a great financial place. And also, you know, they had those big splayed limbs. But I remember I had a credit card just about maxed out and knew I needed to stop. And I was like, but just one more splurge. I'll just get Obi-Wan's Aether Sprite and just get, you know, Jango Fett's Slave One. Like, no, 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 can't do it. So I remember, I remember the pull. Uh, But this is Plo Koon's beautiful blue and white ship that Jorge is talking about. Any other thoughts for you, Ken? No, other than that, I love uh, Plo Koon getting mentioned, man. I think he's a he's a well-respected but underrated character. Yeah, yeah. And we get to see him enjoying the use of this beautiful Delta Seven in the Clone Wars. So uh, we are going to move on to our next favorite ship vehicle. Uh, this one comes from Michael McCarcel. Uh, Michael says, I'd say my favorite ship would have to be, what do you know? We just mentioned it, Ken, the ARC-170. Not only do I love its design as a precursor to the classic X-Wing, but even more so for the memories I associate with it. The one and only time I've ever been to Disney World was in 2006. While we were there, I also got to go to the Lego store. Until that trip, I hadn't even known that those existed. My grandmother had given me money to get myself souvenirs, so I was incredibly excited to say the least. I made my way around the store in absolute awe at all of the incredible sets, but unsure of what I wanted to get. That was until I saw the ARC-170. I immediately settled on that. My mom tried to dissuade me from spending all of my souvenir money on that one item, but I had to have it. When we got home several days later, I got right to work on it. It was the biggest Lego set I'd ever done. I was in love with it. It's sadly been lost to time and multiple moves, but I will always love the ARC-170 for all the fun I had with that set as a kid. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Thank you, Michael. That is a great memory. Ken, this is uh, not only a ship I think you and I both like, this is a tale of Lego. Uh, what is your uh, reactions, your thoughts? 
First of all, yeah, I, uh, the Arc 170 is is just a great design. I, I really love it. love when it pops up. I love uh, flying them when I get the chance in any game or anything like that. So we can talk a little bit about that. But, yeah, this is what we were talking about up top, the, the heart, man, the memories. And I've been there. I've been there where you have that fistful of sweaty allowance dollars in your hand. <laughs> or grandma gave you a card and a 20 fell out. And what's the greatest moment of your life? And then, you know, you get taken to a toy store and put in front of choices, so many choices, and you have a limited amount to make. So many choices, so little results, really, really. You have to choose. And it's so tough. And I've been there. I've been there, Michael. And I've been there, too, where you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm going, I'm going all in Sometimes <laughs> you make a great decision. Like this arc 170 Lego set other times, you know, I made a bad decision one time, GI Joe, I got the uh, oil rig base that they had. <laughs> eh, you know, I still have it. And my dad called me up not too long ago. He's like, you have a, it's like an oil rig. I go, yeah, yeah. Just hold on to that. Uh, <laughs> Joe. It's a GI Joe thing. Um, so sometimes you can make a bad decision, but uh, the ones you're the white, right ones, even little, I, I, that Bespin, I got the Bespin, uh, uh, security guard, uh, the, uh, the Asian gentleman with the little mustache that's in the Empire Strikes Back and they released a figure of him and some of the other ones. And I got that guy and I love that figure and made me love the character. And so I'm right there with you, Michael. Yeah. Well, if this is the set that Michael had, it also comes with a Kit Fisto, uh, mm-hmm. Captain Jog or Jag, I can't tell, clone pilot in R4P44. Eh. So, hey, I think Michael got a great deal. You know, I'm, I'm right there with you. If I started telling uh, stories of uh, those crucial moments where I chose one toy over another, uh, we would be here until at least tomorrow. So I, I really, um, really relate to that. I love the ARC-170 so much. I think partially, like Michael is saying, it is the... Um, the X-Wing connection. But I think of of many, many different things across Star Wars where there's a little bit of generational storytelling in the design where one thing is clearly leading to another. Yeah. There's something real special about the ARC-170 because it is so clearly building toward an X-Wing, but it's also entirely its own thing. The mm-hmm. um, the difference in the the wings, the having the kind of the, the little ones above the mm-hmm. big one, but having that weird snub turned down nose, like the... Yeah. I know the X-Wings are described as snub fighters, but this, every time I see ARC-170, I think, little snub nose. <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so I just, I love the design of it. It's real emotional uh, moments for it and for its pilots in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. And then, I always liked it, but playing these in the uh, the pilot part of Battlefront 2, uh, I believe this is this ship has a cannon that fires behind it. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. boy i'm not the greatest pilot so i love playing the arc 170 uh so that you can you, hey if somebody falls me i can hit this button and, and shoot them down and it's great yeah. i don't even have to aim yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not good at, I'm, I'm boots on the ground i'm boots on the ground uh i'm with you there on that one thing you know what you talk about the design standing up on its own it absolutely does um and it, it's from well the, the prequel era the designs of all the ships are, you know, the, the N1 starfighters, everything are very sleek and very, um, I, I've heard the example of, you know, think of a car in the 1950s versus a car in the 1980s or 70s and uh, and the original trilogy. I'm looking at the ARC-170 always has had a little 
connection to me of like a like a World War II fighter, like a like a P fifty one or a Spitfire or something like that. All those kind of great kind of classic planes, fighter planes, and and it's the same thing, but technology takes them in different directions. And it just had that kind of it's it's bigger, it's a bigger ship, but it's got that com- compact kind of classic older style to it. And that's one of the reasons I loved it too. Yeah, you're so right. It's got a little bit of this almost insect quality like it's like it's meant to swarm like it's meant to outnumber uh like and there, there's a power to that uh i love that it's uh the arc comes from aggressive reconnaissance <laughs> whoever uh, got to name it that not in the real world but whoever in the galaxy of star wars chose to name it that has really got a flair for the dramatic aggressive reconnaissance we're just gonna see what's going on you know reconnaissance but then we'll probably shoot something that's there (laughs) (laughs) which is absolutely great and also tempted to track down these toys so we'll need to move on to this conversation before i just start hitting buy on various things any other thoughts on the arc 170 ken uh, no, so glad Michael brought it up. Uh, and uh, I had the notes in front of me, but I hadn't scrolled down to remind myself that that was next. And so it's just, you know, it's so weird when you one thing inspires another and it, it's a shared journey for a Star Wars fan. So thanks, Michael. Yeah, yeah. And the final thing I'll have to say about Michael's is, uh, you know, people give us such great thoughts and great memories. And I just really love hearing these these human stories about this one specific magical day. And Michael's got so many uh, great, uh, you know, details about the only time uh, he'd been to Disney World and, you know, everything coming together that his grandmother had given him that money. And, and even this sort of great, <laughs> great uh, hero's arc where like, you know, I, I, my mom tried to talk me out of it, but I answered the hero's call and I bought my Arc 170 Lego set. It's, it's just, it's a great memory and it is a very well told, which makes it even more powerful. So thank you so much for sharing that, Michael. We are going to take a quick break and then we will be back to discuss even more favorite ships and vehicles from that galaxy far, far away. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138. back to discuss more favorite ships and vehicles in Star Wars. we got a bunch of great points of view on favorite ships and vehicles from some of our listeners on Patreon, so we're going to dive in to keep reading them, keep discussing them. Ken, do you want to take our next one? I'd love to. Andrew Holmes checking in here says, Hi, Ken, Joseph, and Jennifer. People may think this is an easy answer, but i got to be true to my Star Wars loving heart. It is the T-65 X-Wing. Man, oh man, I love that ship. It represents, in my mind, the rebellion and all they stand for. These ships are the symbol of hope and overcoming immense odds. As a kid, the thing that always first captivated me was the sound of them taking off from Yavin 4 to attack the Death Star. Up until this point... We had the glory of the Falcon and the screeching of the tides, but the slow passing thrum of those X-Wing engines as each fighter rises and flies from the Masasi Temple filled me with excitement, thrill, and anticipation and fear. What would, would they all make it back? How were such a small band of fighters, especially a pre-special edition edition of many more, uh, going to survive an attack on something as devastating as the Death Star? That sound is forever with me. And I get the same feelings each time I hear it. This love of X-Wings came back with a vengeance for me in the lead up to Force Awakens. I was so insanely excited for the movie after the teaser trailer. But then the first official trailer dropped and the atmosphere shot of a T-70 X-Wing shooting at a tie over Takadana appeared accompanied by the trademark engine thrum and blaster fire. And I screamed to my computer and threw both hands <laughs> in the air. 
Uh, tyranny had clearly returned to this galaxy. The symbol of rebellion and resistance of hope was right in front of my eyes again. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Then the movie came out. X-Wings on the water. The whole Takadana sequence. And then Poe enters the oscillator through a gap, which means he has to close the wings. S-Foils, I cried. J.J. is too often criticized for the nostalgia factor. But for me, it is a visual and oral symbols that do a lot of cinematic storytelling, like the fact that we see the arrival of the Citizen's Fleet and the rise of Skywalker from the perspective of Poe and his X-Wing with his ship in the foreground. Talk about hope. Oh, that's a great shot. Anyway, I could happily ramble forever on the X-Wing. It just looks so cool, too. And it's symbolic meaning for me in all movies. You can only imagine my reaction when Luke levitated his T-65 out of the waters of Octoe to pass it along to the next generation of heroes, Jedi. Needless to say, I love it. It was also a toy that I never got to own. Star Wars toys mm. were always harder to come by in Australia. However, when they released Luke's vintage uh, collection X-Wing 18 months ago, I finally fulfilled my childhood dreams saved all my adult pocket money and now have my own symbol of hope and resistance to fly around my house going pew, pew, pew. It may or may not be a weekly ritual. Thanks so much for all you do for us. May the force be with you. Side note, Ken, I also love the Y wing side note. I really love a and B wings, triple side note, all wings report in. <laughs> that is beautiful. Andrew, a story, an adventure, a journey. There's so much in there. Gosh, Joseph, the sounds, the hopes, the, the hope, of, the symbol of hope, all that stuff. And then, yeah, it coming back and what that meant to a lot of us. Uh, great stuff from Andrew. Absolutely. This is one that that I needed to hear it is a good thing to hear because, uh, you know, we've talked about it. There's a lot of criticism through Force Awaken for uh, not, you know, mm -hmm. having enough new stuff. We've done whole episodes about all the new ideas uh, that are in Force Awakens. There is a part of me sometimes that's like looks at how much, you know, Lucas said, great uh, for the prequel trilogy. It's a different era. We're doing a different look. Do you think that Star Wars only looks like this? We're going to have all these new aesthetics. And there's mm -hmm. a part of me that sometimes thinks, well, was the choice to stick with, you know, TIE fighters, Star Destroyers, um, X-Wings, you know, would it have been better to have something bold and new to see the evolution there? And sometimes I personally wonder about it on the on the evil side of it. That's the story of the First Order of in some respect of evil doesn't change. We're going to try it again. Here's the uh, TIE fighters, but they have more weapons now. And here's the Star Destroyers, but they have more weapons now. And it's it's all this sort of like saying, let's build a big gun again. And that makes yeah. sense to me is a, is a criticism of evil in its its rigidity and its lack of creativity um but th so then i'm sometimes like well if we want to make that contrast then maybe the uh the good guys uh should have evolved a little bit mm -hmm. um but i'm really really moved by what andrew uh is is saying about what it means to him what it means to star wars to have this consistent fighter be a symbol of hope and have the resistance be the resistance isn't just the evolution of the way the galaxy was going the resistance is this explicit the threat has has returned nobody believes us so we have to rebuild what we once had in this rebellion and so why not rebuild it with a a symbol that is known uh not only in in our audience <laughs> our reality where we watch as an audience but that symbol is known within the galaxy and that is a symbol of hope in the galaxy uh and not only is it practical these are these are the ships that are mm -hmm. still being made these are the ships that are still around but that they in of themselves are, are a symbol is really a powerful cool idea 
yeah, I was, and that carries through these movies, uh, the, the seven, eight, nines, so well, and 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 it, and and through the modern era, that word hope uh, is is featured so much, right? Almost sometimes you 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 joke at a joke a little bit, but it, it it's powerful, and so that word needs uh, needs needs uh, visual representations all through the story. I I can get behind what you're saying there, and, and definitely behind Andrew's story. Yeah, and I love that Andrew. You know, really, he, he's he's sharing his personal point of view, but he's tracking through and and you know, mm-hmm. I think connecting. You know, it is a hopeful moment. It is a fist pumping moment when those X wings buzz the lake on Takodana and that great sequence of of Poe taking out all those uh, those Tie fighters, those first order Tie fighters, is so great. It's really fist pumping. But to really connect it to, you know, here is the that lone X wing of of Poe's is the one that's spinning up to see. Uh, that the spark has become a fire and that all those ships from the citizens fleet is there. That's, that's really powerful to me. It's a really powerful argument that it is important uh, to continue the image of hope in an X-wing. Mm, absolutely. Uh, another part of this I love, Joseph, uh, is, you know, we, without a doubt, we love sounds, sound design, sound effects, sound cues, whatever you want to say, you know, uh, every time we, I talk about the, the seismic charges, like, you know, I talk about it too much almost. I love it so much, but, but, I love what Andrew said here. I know exactly that moment, that feeling he's talking about, the whine of the engine. We talk about a connection to you know, World War II stories and George cutting up a little animatic based on you know, World War II movie footage. Like It all kind of tracks of just this, this sense of dread, but again, an underlying feeling of energy and momentum and hope and what you can maybe pull off. And I absolutely love everything he's describing about those sounds and sequences. And I think a lot of us fans, whenever you discover New Hope, are connect with that. They know that feeling when you, whenever you, maybe you first saw it, you just get that sense of, uh, Oh, this is it. This is the big one. And I, I love that he highlighted that too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great to hear uh, the toy journey because the X-Wing is one of the toys that I had. I coveted it so much and I have to ask my parents, I, it's my eighth birthday. Um, and I don't, I don't know if they, uh, I don't, maybe they did some lottery or something because they didn't usually have enough money. We didn't have enough money for play sets a lot. And for, my eighth birthday, I got Dagobah, which I really wanted the Dagobah playset, and I got the uh, the battle damaged X wing where you could put stickers <laughs> of oh, yeah. all of these burns on it, and it was just you know the greatest thing ever to be able to you know put the uh, the wings into uh, to lock S foils into attack position myself. So I had a real you know toy journey with the X wing too that it really solidified. Like you know I, I really connected with Luke, and I needed the X wing to really explore Luke's journeys and fly him around my bedroom. <laughs> Love it, and um, I want to highlight too. You know, yeah, um, and, and being a Y wing fan, I, I, I've many times joked, and it's a joke, but I've joked about the X wings are kind of the, I don't know, the, the quarterback of the team. Like, of course, everyone's going to love them, and they're the ones in the Letterman jacket, and everyone uh, cheers them on. And I'm over the Y wing is the lumpy, slow ship that just kind of does a lot of the heavy lifting. All right, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I stand by that, but it's also a joke. But I absolutely love them too. Like, I'm staring at the. Uh, Tally Lynch's A wing. It's on, in in a box on my desk right now. The B wing is just. I remember um, a couple weeks ago, Alex and da- Alex Damon and I played Squadrons. I, I appeared on a show, uh, Comp Chatter, and, and I was like, I, I haven't flown the B wing yet, man. And he's like, it's trippy. And I was like, I gotta experience that. So yes, I'm with you. All wings report in, Andrew. All wings indeed. All wings report in. My last thing uh, about this is, uh, I think, uh, like Andrew's describing, I've had this long-term relationship uh, growing up with the original trilogy with uh, the X-Wings and with those noises, with hearing the uh, the S-Foils lock uh, and on-lock. But a, a big part of that journey for me was how much I loved the uh, Rogue Squadron video games uh, for mm-hmm. Nintendo 
And the X-Wing, the design on that video game, the X-Wing is really the quarterback, right? It's it's not the fastest, but it's pretty fast. It's not the sturdiest, but it's pretty sturdy. And uh, mm. I have, when I think about X-Wings and kind of the thrill of them, uh, I kind of get this visceral feeling of flying in, in those video games. In particular, the fact that you could move faster when the S-Foils were locked. And when and I just it, I just had all these like flashes of emotion from Andrew's great description of uh, of seeing Poe have to uh, zip through the wings to make it through the uh, hole in the oscillator. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can feel that because I've done that. Right. I've been like, well, I was I was flying around uh, fighting, but now I got to get over there so fast. So and then open them up right at the last minute, right behind a TIE fighter so you can open up fire. So great. Uh, oh, man, isn't it great being a Star Wars fan? It really is. Uh, so thank you so much for that. We're going to move on to our next favorite ship and vehicle and or vehicle. This comes from Adam Knight. Here's what Adam has to say. Uh, at first, I was leaning towards the most obvious hunk of junk in the galaxy for all the most obvious reasons. And while I vividly remember bursting into tears when the garbage will do reveal happened in December uh, 2015, I would be remiss if I didn't highlight what was clearly the greatest vehicle in all of Star Wars, the speeder bike. Yeah. After watching Return of the Jedi in theaters at seven years old, there is no greater vehicle for me to imagine zipping around in. For years, every bike ride ever was accompanied by high-pinched whining sound effects in the belief <laughs> that trees sedately passing by me were actually zipping past at breakneck speeds of sheer almost doom. Somewhere in my collection of broken and well-loved toys, I still have the pieces of that old Kenner toy. The one with the spring-loaded exploding action that spent many a day trip, car ride, beach adventure, G.I. Joe mashup, play with friends, zipping around, and randomly exploding everywhere. And besides, bikes are just cool. So a speeder bike, the epitome of Star Wars cool. Ken, did you write this together with Adam? Well, even down to, he says I was, he was seven when he saw Return of the Jedi. So, I mean, I, I'm going to assume 1983 by the reference of G.I. Joe as well. But I was like, you know, you could have saw special editions in the theater and, and been seven, too, as well, which is, again, I love that shared journey over many generations. But it, seem, it seems like Adam hung out with me. Uh, Adam, did you go to Margaret Harlow Elementary School in Arroyo Grande, California? He also has an oil rig. Sure. This oil rig. Yes. Did you put the decal on your Cobra Hiss tank on crooked and it stayed with that <laughs> until this very day that's in my storage shed? Uh, I look at it and go, God, that decal. Um, yeah, man. I mean, yes, uh, no secret. I love the speeder bikes, but a lot of it's it's um, exactly, again, going to the heart, going to the connection. I just was so wowed, right? So wowed by what I was seeing in that sequence and I just couldn't escape it. And the design, and look, I won't touch a motorcycle. I am I am a scaredy cat of motorcycles, all right? Not, not for me. But I did ride a bike slowly, not even steadily, up and down my street, up and down my street, just pretending to be on a speeder bike. And it was because of that sequence, everything he's describing, the sound effects, the, the, the editing of that sequence, all the things you gr- grow to appreciate later, doesn't matter. You're sitting in the theater going, I cannot just believe I'm, what I'm seeing. And it's funny, you look now, eh, all the effects hold up. I don't know, not necessarily, but I don't need them to. They're so perfect in my mind. And that's why every speeder bike I buy just takes me back to that. Yeah. Yeah. The speeder bike is just absolutely great. It is, you know, uh, uh, that whole sequence is great for lots of uh, deep reasons. Uh, I think of, you know, just seeing Leia charge into action. It's one of the last moments where sort of Luke is just like, what? I'm just trying to use my Jedi skills to to further the cause. Wait, no, I'm a I, I can be sensed by Vader. There's a lot going on there. 
absolutely uh, love the chase. The speeder bike itself, just visually, aesthetically, super cool. The utter speed, the trees, there's something about it that does just absolutely capture the imagination, I think, particularly uh, if you see it young and you have a toy that you can express it with, really, really captures your imagination. I also think it's just... um, it's one of the scenes that I think about when I think about the way that Star Wars is is structured, the way it is um, this uh, deep uh, story about uh, family and mythology and all these hope versus fear. Uh, but it's often, especially the original trilogy, just really constructed as an adventure serial as well. And this is one of those scenes where it's just like, it's the chase. Mm. It's the speeder bike chase. That is what is going on for a good stretch of the movie. It's the thrill of it. The care, Everything that's happening matters to the plot the characters are being advanced based on their choices but it's mm-hmm. a thrilling chase on awesome strange space bikes mm. yeah yeah um gosh there's so much yeah just again that thing of the toys of when you take it home and and i, I can't remember when i first got a speeder bike toy and that's part of the imagination right i i don't i did not have one right away i have them now i have boxes of them i think <laughs> um but I, 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 I've told the story, I've written the story, but just like there was a palm tree in our backyard that was crooked. And so I could, I could climb on it. Like I didn't need a speeder bike toy. I just needed a palm tree. And that was my speeder bike. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I didn't get, I got a lot of the return of the Jedi toys, which is partially, I think because they, um, you know, they, they stayed around and were released, uh, you know, for quite a while. So a lot of them I got, you know, much later after 83, I started, you know, got some of them in 84, 85. I think it was 86 when I got a tie interceptor. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I never had a speeder bike, probably just because I never uh, prioritized it, but I always coveted it. So it was one of the things that I was like waiting for Power of the Force 2 to put out because, like, okay, I'm an adult now, I'm getting <laughs> yeah. that speeder bike, damn it, and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it, uh, which I did. Um, but I think there's just such a, a power to, um, to what Adam is saying, uh, you know, your great tree story. Uh, I didn't have a speeder bike as a kid. You, you know, it was your tree. It was your bike. Uh, for me, I think uh, my my speeder bike was a uh, was blue and had some random stickers on it. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes yeah. baseball cards in the uh, in the spokes to make cool noises. Um, but I just love the way that Adam says, you know, the one that spent many a day trip, car ride, beach adventure, GI Joe mashup. That idea that these toys are symbols of the specific moment in the existing story but mm-hmm. that when we take those toys home at the right age they become this place of just pure imagination and have all these different adventures is, is what makes them so powerful mm. yeah yeah adam we would have been good friends <laughs> yes exactly all right we have broken this up into two episodes because we got so many great uh, uh thoughts and favorite points of view on favorite ships and vehicles so we are going to uh, share one more and then we're going to do a second episode with all of the other great entries so uh our final one here is from jim mason uh ken do you want to take that away I absolutely do. Uh, Jim writes, I love a lot of vehicles from Star Wars, but nothing has lit up my imagination like the Y-Wing Starfighter Bomber. I'm just <laughs> hanging out with all my friends today, Joseph. This is great. Just maybe it's because those uh, Nasalas uh, remind me of ships from another space franchise, reinforced by watching Luke adventure to the galaxy and one in the Russ Manning newspaper strip said after the movie. Oh, Big pull. Maybe it was the ERTL diecast to my uh, my parents got me for Christmas that I still have to this 
day. I uh, love when toys last 40 years with your life. <laughs> Maybe it's because Jim writes, it reminds me a lot of a uh, real world A10 warthog that could lose half a, a song from flash cannons, drop its payload and still safely return its pilot back to base. Uh, over the years, Cannon has further reinforced my life with this design. In the Clone Wars, it was heavily armed and armored. The turret man, instead of automated to defend the crafter in attack runs and rebels, it was stripped down and headed to be scrapped by the Empire before they were stolen for rebel use. And those stripped down decades old fighter bombers served as a central role uh, alongside their faster, some may say sexier counterpart. <laughs> and acquitted themselves effectively with and with honor. There's a lot to be learned from the Y-Wing. Sure, you can have a tough outer shell and do the job, but it's what's on the inside that counts. Just as the survivors of the Orbital Battle of the Battle of Scarif, what their opinions are. Just three of them were instrumental in taking down the Imperial Star Destroyer Persecutor. Y-Wigs for the win. <laughs> dun, dun, this is this is great. Seriously, I'm hanging out with buddies. And Jim just made me think of something, Joseph. I want to get your thoughts on this, but I'm going to put a pin in something. I just made a connection I never really made my entire life. Wow, I'm learning things. Oh, yeah? What is it? My favorite uh, G.I. Joe vehicle is the Cobra Rattler, which is an A-10 Warthog. Oh, wow. I never connected that I... Um, much like myself, am a slow-footed bomber. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do think, because I'm tempted to ask if it's like, oh, do you think you were subliminally connecting the Y-Wing to the AT Warthog? But I think it is just something that you gravitate toward uh, the steady workhorse who can uh, take some punishment but get the job done. Yeah, you know, everyone wanted that uh, Sky Striker, the uh, G.I. Joe uh, sleek uh, F-16 there or whatever uh, it was. I, I, yeah, I wanted the Rattler. I love the Rattler. And while Weasel was a pilot, um, I could go on for days about it. Uh, great early issue of the G.I. Joe run where the Sky Striker and Rattler faced off. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, so no, Jim. Uh, wow. Again, we're hanging out on the playground. There's Joseph, you're right. And you're so good at finding themes and everything, Joseph. I think, yeah, you just discovered <laughs> a lot about me. <laughs> I, yeah. resent, I, res, I resent you X-Wings I'm over here in the corner doing everything uh, <laughs> Not as a case I'm sometimes an X-Wing I want to be an X-Wing But um, yeah, no, there's some and Also, I just, I can't run for nothing So Yeah, I mean, I think that's just it. That's natural, that's healthy to me to say You know, some days in some situations you're, uh, You want to be an X-Wing You know, balanced and maybe uh, turn some heads. Some days you want to be the A-Wing, real flashy, moving fast. And some yeah. days you just want to be the Y-Wing, just actually going behind everybody, getting the job done. <laughs> and some days you want to be the B-Wing, drunk on a couch. <laughs> the B-Wing, just bursting into a party and making it all about you, weird B-Wing. <laughs> Uh, all wings report in. We're 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 happy with the weirdness of B wings too. Yeah, I think there is something great about Y wings. There's a strength in them just from their initial appearance in A New Hope. Right there, having just one other ship than the X wing adds this variety. And it, it yeah. even with like a limited budget and only being able to see so many ships, it suggests a much larger galaxy. Um, so that that's really cool. And then the, their development that they are bombers and that they really rely a lot on the ion cannons really makes them super different in the story. But then the way they get developed in the Clone Wars, we just watched that Zillow Beast arc. It's got some just great Y-Wing action shots and that, you know, slightly different design that connects to the design in the original trilogy. There's so much about them that's cool that makes them really different. But I think uh, for me, my most visceral emotional connection to the Y-Wings is playing them 
again in in flying mm-hmm. games uh yeah. when i've been playing the battlefront 2 y-wing is my favorite for sure like there's something about the way that battlefront 2 space in pilot combat is constructed mm-hmm. that I, I never feel like i can move quite as fast or vary my speed as much as i could in, in those rogue squadron games that i really like so the y-wing's real slow yeah but the y-wing just can take so much damage Yes, and you can be so tactical with its ion cannons. It, it is, it's totally like, um, I don't know. There's just something emotional to me about that with the Y wings of like, uh, this is a weird analogy, but it's like, it's kind of what you're saying, but it, you know, if you were, you know, trying to resolve a, pro- a problem and there's like some, great person in the room that everybody loves is just great and making a lot of noise about what you're gonna do and then the y-wing just comes in behind and just does it doesn't make a lot of noise about it just does it (laughs) and that is the utter power of the y-wings to me ah yeah and and what jim's talking about too of of um of uh also by the way you're making me think of sometimes you're flying the y-wing in the battlefront too and you're just like Go, go! You're just jamming on the turbo button, but you, but you, you know, you got to take it. Um, the, yeah, the the scarif battle. I mean, that, I highlighted that one uh, before, but just like it was for me, it, 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 sitting there, just going, yeah, they get their day. They finally get their day. You get to see fully what they can do, and 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 and, and, I, and I love that. And then to connect it to rebels and to see the big picture of how they they go they go steal those, and then in rebels. They say we got to get this to uh, Dodonna's cell and just those kind of little canon connections. Uh, and it's also an emotional canon connection of just the clunky Y-wing uh, that, that was the, uh, in the scrap heap is going to help save the day. Uh, I love that too. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a great, I think, the, as Star Wars develops and has all these different ships, it's always one of the great images that the uh, Empire has all of their sort of a rigid uh, conformity in their ships and there's all of these different kinds of ships that have different strengths and different weaknesses but you combine them and you have you know like in alphabet squadron you have this unstoppable force because you got all these different uh, kinds of ships and the y-wing is just such an important part of that and it's great that in modern canon clearly people uh, who grew up with the y-wing depending on you know regardless of their age clearly people who love the y-wings are getting to tell some stories in star wars because the y-wings are really getting moments to drop some bombs and shine (laughs) drop some bombs and shine that's a it's a great song (laughs) it is absolutely all right so uh, i think we made a good choice to split this up ken because we always have so much uh so much to say in response to these great thoughts so that is our episode for today. Thank you all for sharing your favorites. Like I said, we've got uh, a lot of more great favorite ships and vehicles. So we're going to be doing another episode just like this with even more favorite ships. Ken, for now, where can people find you on your other adventures? Yeah, uh, follow me at Ken Napsock or go to KenNapsock.com. You also can check out the GPA.fun for uh, the company we got going over there. A lot of cool things there. Uh, coming, uh, you know, working out the kinks. It's been a lot of fun just kind of building a company over there uh, and using community to do it. It's it's like uh, like a good rebellion. A little, me- little messy, a little stumbling, but we'll get there. Yeah, I'm sure you have a great fleet of Y-Wings already, all ready to go. 
Uh, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, comedy albums, future live shows, all of that on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Four Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Four Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Four Center. Uh, more stuff always coming there soon. But for now, thanks for listening. And as Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, another happy landing. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.